0: Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 76 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Mixmax. With Mixmax, you know exactly who opened your email and when. Schedule meetings in one email with the Google Calendar integration. Templates and sequences mean you can create the perfect email with one click. Other features include built-in automatic reminders and integrations with leading CRM providers. To save time and get more out of Gmail, head on over to mixmax.com. It's also brought to you by Tech Blog Builder. That's the blog writing service for IT businesses. We craft content that converts website visitors into customers with 100% unique, SEO-ready, professionally written blog posts delivered on a consistent schedule. Learn more at techblogbuilder.com. On today's episode, Paco and I talk about our biggest marketing fails. What marketing have we done in the past that just didn't pan out? And what lessons did we learn from it? Also, Paco's going to update us on his big projects. And and um, I'm going to dig into website accessibility and my Black Friday prep. All that and so much more coming up right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place you can learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at ComputerBusinessMarketing.com.
1: You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like Tech Site Builder Facebook page, click on the following tab, and select see first so that the live stream will jump to the top of your feed.
0: Yep. Uh, So today we don't have a guest uh, and it's just going to be Paco and I talking about a topic that I think we'll have some fun with uh, and that is marketing fails. So, you know, we've both been around the block with our business and we've tried marketing that hasn't worked. We've tried marketing that has worked. We spend a lot of time talking about what does work. So we thought we'd spend this episode talking about some of our marketing fails, some things we've tried that haven't worked out. And then hopefully some lessons we've learned from those as well. Uh, for those of you guys watching the live video, let us know if you have any marketing fails and we'll we'll talk about that on the show as well. I'm sure if you've been in business long enough, <laughs> you definitely have some marketing fails. Um, and as always, I got uh, my uh, co-host here, Paco LeBron. How you been, Paco?
1: Better than good, better than most. That's my common saying that I normally say. As and long as it's true, that's, that's great. Yep. This is actually, it's, uh, yeah, it's been one of, those, uh, one of those weeks, one of those uh, days. It's been interesting. So finished up the move for my client um, that was moving from one location to another. He owns a custom suit place. And it was an interesting move altogether because they moved all the equipment without me there. So it was a matter of me trying to piece together something that they've set up 10 years ago. And it was a previous IT guy that set all this up. So it was a learning process altogether. And mm-hmm. some of the systems dated all the way down to the 70s and 60s. So wow. it was interesting on how this all kind of just played together. But we got them up and running. We got a lot of good technologies in there, too. Um, deployed a couple uh, cloud mesh systems in there. And yeah, so it, everything's done. 12 hours later and uh, they are fully up and running. So they are opening their doors on Monday. So it should be an interesting um, little uh, quirks that happen as they open up business. So I'm marking myself on standby just in case they need any help to head over there.
0: Yep. You never know the best, you know, the best laid plans and intentions uh, can uh, have a wrench thrown in them or something pops up that you weren't expecting. Is that now is oh. that part of the the contract or uh you know the the work that you negotiated with them that you would be available after they open?
1: So what's interesting is I try to get this client to be a managed service client but he wants to pay hourly. Like he that's just what he wants to do even with the retainer which is a cheaper rate um he just wants to pay on demand. So he's he's paying Um, and basically, you know, anytime, you know, I, I go on site or, you know, I'm on the phone with vendors or anything like that, you know, he, he takes care of me. So, um, that's kind of how we have it set up, but I forgot to talk about the most interesting part. So everyone always talks about getting into phones and VoIP and all this other stuff. So I learned something really interesting was apparently since he had this phone system, since I don't know how many decades ago, it's a Nortel phone system where apparently AT&T explained it to us on what it is, but apparently what we told AT&T of what we needed was not what we got. Um, so essentially it was the digital voice, whatever package AT&T gives us, and we were stuck with AT&T because that's the only way uh, internet provider we can get in that suite, and they have these electronic, old electronic phones. So remember when you used to work in corporate America back in the day, like in the 90s and early 2000s, where it's that black phone with the buttons, the Nortel phone systems. So apparently how this whole thing works is it's not just a matter of plugging analog phones and, hey, everything's good. Apparently there's this device called a phone switch. And it's like this big gray thing that was mounted in the IT closet back at the old store that the AT&T guy didn't have. So I don't know anything about phones. I know how to plug them in and configure the back end. That's my end of phones. So they're trying to ask me, where's the phone switch? How do we connect these? And it has nothing to do with me. So little by little, we try to figure it out. And then I had to call my cabling guy who was able to figure, he's like, yeah, we can get this done tomorrow. We'll just hook up everything. We'll mount it. And as long as it was working before, it should work now. And I was like, yep, that you can take care of it because I'm heading out of town. Um, I'm meeting up with, uh, Jeff Hallis, John Dubinsky and Joe Kay, um, on a, uh, little get together so we can, uh, improve our businesses. So that's what we're doing this weekend out in Grand Rapids. So I told them they need to call me. They can call me, but don't expect any help until Monday. If there's anything going wrong.
0: Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can only do what you can do, right? Cool. Um, and then you said you had something about AdWords that you wanted to discuss or was that from last time?
1: That might be from last time. So okay. what's, fu- what's funny is that, so you guys can hear in this blooper. So under my portion, it said Mojave news, Mojave stuff and AdWords. And I was like, Mojave stuff. I was like, I don't, I'm not <laughs> migrating any Mac OS's. What is going on here? So yeah, no, I just, you know, it was just a matter of just the busy weeks that we've been having here. It's, it's been interesting on, I can say that my answering service has been really helpful. Um, especially on these busy time, type of days, um, it is proving to start to become an issue where I have to figure out how I got I gotta work on either getting a VA or getting some type of admin um, because I'm now missing opportunities to bill at an appropriate time, which mm. affects cash flow. So for those that are running credit card processing, you only have a certain amount of di- days to do it. And then, if you can't get it done by Thursday to get it in by Friday, anything you build on Friday, you got to wait all the way to Monday. So, mm-hmm. if you got bills coming out on the weekend for automatic payments, it kind of screws some things up. So, I go on a rant um, longer than I should. But essentially, now I'm getting to a point where I'm so busy doing the work. Now I need somebody to help me on the back end to answer the emails, send out the invoices, things like that. So, um, you need yourself a medicine. I needed myself a Madison. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so yep. that's my next uh, looking into. Oh, I'm actually looking into uh, something this week. Is looking into payroll services. So I am finally getting into the point where I'm trying to. Because as everyone knows that uh, you know, and the entrepreneur um, journey, and I will be releasing my first of eight last uh, Tech Life podcast, formerly known as Podnuts Daily, it's co- coming up this next Tuesday um, talking about, you know, my journey and what it is. So I'm getting to the point now that I have money that is coming in on a regular basis. So now I'm going to get myself on a payroll service. So my bank actually works with, uh, ADP. So they have a really good deal this month. So I've been looking out for other vendors. There's other vendors that kind of do an all in one type of deal. So you pay like a hundred bucks a month per employee, and they'll will help you enlist in programs such as for health insurance, for um, uh, 401k, FSA, uh, you know, dental vision, all that stuff, payroll services, and actually become an extension of your HR. So right. they're, lo- they're local here. Um, Cognos is the one I talked to recently. There's quite a few of them that are out there that are kind of like that all in one. So yeah. my tip for those that are looking into this or are having been in the process of it. One of those things to look into was if you're looking into an all-in-one platform like that, figure out the fees that are applied on not only on the business end, but on as an employee's end too. So even though we believe when we run a business, it's one price, but really our business entity is a second person. So the business pays something, then you got to pay something out of your income. So that's the kind of the things you got to try and figure out. Um, You want to ask who their partners are for the marketplace. So like, for example, this one company I talked to, their insurance company is one specific insurance company versus a couple of choices to pick from. Um, Find out who's managing the 401k. So that's another one to figure out where that money is being invested if you go into a process like that. And also figure out if that is the route you want to take. So for me, I may just focus on payroll for right now because that's what I want to get. And the reason why I'm doing payroll services is because I, I'm i getting to the point now where there's a lot of life changes that are happening and I need something in the books to prove that I'm making money and I can't wait for another year for my W-2. This coming year, uh, gotcha. I'll be able to have, I, my CPA will be able to get all the transfers that are coming from my, bank, my business bank account to my personal bank account um, as my payments. But she'll be able to help me figure that out as getting that W-2 so we can pay the taxes at the end of the year that I've been saving up. But now I have a 2018 W-2, but that's only going to last me so long as the year progresses because they're going to ask for last month statements and you know the whole shebang. So that's why I'm looking into payroll services now, start small, increase myself um, as it goes along to the necessary salary that I'm looking to get. And just kind of go from there. So it's been an interesting and then, investigation and research on all that.
0: And that'll make it easier. What you know, when you eventually plan on bringing on employees, yeah, because you already have that framework in place. Yep.
1: Cool. Exactly. So just finding out, you know, like you get charged, you know, and each service is different, and that's what I've come to find out. Where mm. ADP, you get charged per process, and you can choose when to pay yourself. So you can do it a check every month. You can get paid biweekly. You can get paid every week. Um, but obviously for every processing you're paying that particular fee and then obviously the taxes and everything like that, they pull it out for you. So is I'm it a not, flat
0: fee or is it a percentage? It's a flat fee. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, so ADP is doing a flat fee for me. They got a deal going on where from, for me right now, I think they're saying it's 38 bucks per processing because I'm with bank of America is my bank. So because of that partnership and the type of account that I have. Um, that's what we're looking at right now. So me personally, I'm trying to figure out, do I want to do bi-weekly or am I okay with just having one big check to have monthly to just have pay one processing fee? So or one payroll processing fee versus the processing fees of the income coming into the bank account.
0: Cool. Uh, yeah. So that, cause that's not something I've I've looked into either. So that'll be interesting to to see where you end up with that.
1: Yeah, I, that's, you know, so I'm working with my CPA on that. Um, she's been great. She's been helping me out, trying to figure out that. And then um, once we get the payroll stuff out of the out of the process into the new year, then we'll just figure out on the uh, next person too, because I, I got to figure out what I got to do for help. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Well, that's good. I mean, that means you're growing and uh,
0: needing help is a good thing, but it's just one of those kind of bumps you have to get over. Yep. Cool. Well, I look forward to hearing uh, and learning from your journey through that stuff. So i got a few things I wanted to talk about before we get into the featured topic. Um, Something that a lot of people have been talking about recently is something that Google's been rolling out um, slowly, and they've been uh, doing a big push for it lately, and that is uh, Google will kind of generate a website for you Based off of your business, like your Google My Business information and your business information that they know about you um, from Google, and uh, so you know this. uh, I've been getting questions like, "Is this a good idea? Is this something that I can easily, you know, transfer over to a better, you know, bigger website later on down the line?" Um, And really, it's it's one of those things that it's like it's if you don't have a website, or if like your clients maybe don't have a website uh, or have a really really horrible website. This is something that you can do to generate a website really quickly. So it'll, it'll just take the information that's in Google already and spit out, you know, a website that's kind of got a nice look to it and it's got the information there. Uh, but it's, it's nothing groundbreaking or anything. Uh, and
1: so is this their Google sites or whatever that they had before that they're trying to push? Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Cause I, yeah. I did get an email similar to like how you mentioned, cause they're like, we upgraded your, your, what your your website's been upgraded. And I was like, wait a minute, TSB hasn't told me. <laughs> so, right. Okay. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. It's confusing a lot of people. Cause they're like, yeah, they're thinking that they're talking about their actual website, but uh, yeah. So, so it looks like just Google's trying to push it a lot more now and, and they've, you know, made some enhancements to it and stuff. So I haven't had a chance to really dig into it, but you know, it's, it's one of those things. Like if you don't have a website, it's good. It's just a way to get something up there really quick. Um, but it's definitely not a replacement for a full featured website, you know, something where you can, uh, you, you can, you know, list exactly what you want and, and have a blog and, uh, you know, have more flexibility around it and stuff like that. So it's, you know, it's, it's on, it's, it's a starter website. It's, you know, a baby step website. Um, but it is, uh, I, I, don't know how much control you have over the content of it. That's something I have to look into. I think it's just automatically generated and what's, what's there is there and it's pulling it off of your Google account. I'm not sure you can go in and actually add your own content to it. So that's something cool that you can, you know, talk to your, your clients about if, if some of your business clients don't have a website or they have a horrible website, you're like, Hey, I can get this set up for you pretty easily. Um, and, uh, it, and it also kind of forces you to make sure that your Google, Uh, my business profile info is up to date because it's going to be using that. Um, Something else uh, uh, I've been working on a big project for a local university. um, And I'm running into um, something that not a lot of people pay attention to when it comes to websites. And that's something called accessibility. So that is um, there's uh, especially for government agencies or uh, educational institutions, there's a law around accessibility. websites that need to be accessible to um to handicapped people so it's things like visually impaired people um uh people who uh you know uh, don't have um who who like are talking to move you know through through a website so they don't have a mouse they can't like use their their uh, motor functions um so there are things that a website needs to have like certain contrast ratios between the text and the background Um, certain uh, font size requirements, certain things about how every link on the site needs to be able to tab. You need to be able to tab using a keyboard in case you can't use a mouse. Um, Lots of stuff like that. Alt text on images. So if someone is using a screen reader, they're able to tell what all the images are. Uh, So there's a lot of stuff around there. So if, if you, you know, I know some of you guys who listen to this do do some web design work. Just keep in mind that if you are doing work for You know, nonprofit, government organization, educational institution, some kind of um, business that gets money uh, from the pub, from the public, or from the government. Then there are requirements and laws around accessibility. And the, the the tricky thing is that there's there's no there's nothing set in stone. There's like anything in the government. You know, there's guidelines about what it should be able to do but they don't tell you how to do it. So it's always up for interpretation. It's always up for, um, you know, figuring out. And you have to kind of, with this project, we have to gauge, um, you know, how to make it look good, but also how to make it uh, accessible and be able to meet all of the requirements we're trying to meet. So it's a pain in the butt, <laughs> as, as all these things usually are. But it's, uh, it's you know, something good that you have to learn. and And it's always good to just make websites accessible, even if it's not a requirement. Um, and that's something I'm going to start doing more of uh, because it's just, it's good practice. You know, you want to make sure that uh, as many people as possible can use your website. And there are, you know, millions of people in the country who have some sort of vision impairment or some sort of disability where they're not using a website with a mouse, you know, like we normally would. So that's, it's a whole nother world out there that that you got to think about. And uh, let's see, Brian uh, in the chat says, he tried the Google websites and was not too impressed. Google My Business is far more relevant and effective. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, uh, exactly. Now, I don't think this is a replacement for Google My Business. I think it's uh, basically taking your Google My Business info and putting it on a website. But I I haven't dug into it too much, so I could be wrong. And finally, uh, just... um, want to remind you guys that right around the corner is Black Friday and Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and then the holidays. So a few things, you know, I'm, you know, I have some product businesses, so I'm definitely starting my Black Friday prep. Now I've got some sales that I'm preparing and uh, I learned some lessons from last year where I really need to prepare for the volume of, uh, orders that I'm going to get. Um, so just getting things in place and making sure you're ready for that. Um, as a services business, I I um, encourage you to take advantage of the Black Friday, Cyber Monday craze, quote unquote, where people are just ready to buy. <laughs> They're just ready to spend. And any kind of discount or sale or even perceived value that you can provide um, as, as an incentive uh, on Black Friday... Um, people are just in that buying mode. And so they will be more, they will be likely to do it. So even if it's like, you know, gift cards or, um, you know, uh, you know, package deals or something like that, or if you do sell, you know, hardware or parts or block hours or something like that, put together a nice little package, give it a, give it a discount um, and then, and put it out there and, and you should see good results. Um, I know I did. I was surprised at, at how good are the results I got last time.
1: Yeah. Maybe we can, Dedicate an episode on that. Maybe I can. I think I may have somebody um that we had a, on the computer business podcast that talked a little bit about it. Oh, um about holiday preparation. So let me see if I can let me see if I can get them for next week. Perfect. Um, or the uh, following week because I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, because like exactly like you said, and the reason why that that triggered right now is because um the nonprofit that I'm a part of, the West Loop Community Organization, they just had three workshops this week. Um, one was, uh, Yelp to how to, um, optimize your Yelp page, um, for the holidays. The other one was a window, how to prepare, if you have a retail store, how to prepare your window display. And she actually belonged to, um, Marshall Fields, um, which is now Macy's that did the huge, um, window, uh, displays to, you know, eye catching to, to bring them in. And then uh, there was another workshop that happened on Monday, and I can't remember what it is now. But um, there is another workshop um, from a lady who is uh, representing a marketing agency, but in partnership with Google on the 14th. Um, So I'm wondering if I can talk to her, too, on that. But it's, it's interesting because, like you just said, as a services business... Um, especially like for Small Business Saturday, if you don't have a retail shop or if you don't have a place for people to go to, how do you participate in some of these events? And you know, your local chamber of commerce organizations like these um, will have tables or booths available for you to participate. Um, it's on you. I'm being creative of what do you provide to try and get the services. How do you make the intangible tangible, tangible for them to give you a credit card right then and there, and then walking away with something. Um, I think that's an interesting concept that I haven't even got an idea of trying to figure out, especially being now moving from B2C to B2B to to B mostly in my business now.
0: Yeah. And, you know, um, something that worked really well for me was just, you know, have have something for your existing clients. So you don't necessarily have to go out and try to get new clients from this stuff. Just have, you know, maybe it's a new service or maybe it's a service you think your clients aren't taking advantage of enough. Uh, this is a great way to introduce it to them. Just say, hey, you know, we have a Black Friday special on um, what, whatever it happens to be, you know, maybe a security audit or, you know, dark web scans is something a lot of people are talking about. So maybe you can do a Black Friday deal on that. Something that maybe doesn't take a lot of um, time on your part. It's, you know, maybe you have a tool that can run it or something like that. So you can do it in bulk in case you do get a lot of interest. But it's just a great way to um, to, you know, Again, just take advantage of the the hype around that weekend, um, and just you know be a part of it, and and you know get some extra sales right for the holidays <laughs> for 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 the presents, yeah.
1: especially the exposure. Yeah. yeah, especially in your local community. Yeah, definitely.
0: Cool. All right, so that is great. So we're going to jump into the feature topic here soon. Just want to remind you guys um, for tips like these and uh, other. Marketing tips, uh, don't forget to sign up for the Computer Business Marketing Newsletter. That is the newsletter we release every week with tips and tricks about how to market your computer business, the latest podcast episode, uh, articles from around the internet, uh, featured posts from the Facebook group, and always a tip of the week to round it out uh, to give you that extra boost of marketing goodness in your inbox every week. Check that out at Computer Marketing com sign up for free. All right. Uh, Paco, did we have a question of the week today?
1: We do not have a question of the week this week. Okay. Um, that is, that's fine. Yeah. That's ill prepared on my part because of the craziness, but I will make sure to have one for next week or the yeah, yeah. next week.
0: Yeah. Right. Next week. And you know, no problem. And so I'll use this opportunity to throw it out to the audience. If you have a website question that you want to ask, Uh, You know, whether it is, you know, your tech site builder website or any other website, whether it's your website, website for your clients, you know, Google my Google my business website. What does all that mean? SEO, um, you know, uh, marketing funnels, any of that stuff. If you have a question about websites, let me know. Shoot an email. uh, Go to computerbusinessmarketing.com and fill out the contact form there or ping me on Facebook. We'd love to use your question and answer it in the TechSite Builder question of the week.
1: Yeah, it'd be cool to hear from you all again to get some feedback. Yes. All right. Um,
0: So uh, before we jump into the featured topic, uh, just want to thank our first sponsor, and that is Mixmax. Uh, Mixmax is a customer engagement and workflow automation application for small businesses. It integrates with Gmail. It allows you to save time in lots of different ways. So it's kind of like, you know, taking your Gmail to the next level, put it, strapping rocket boosters on it and just, uh, you know, letting your Gmail take off to the stratosphere because Gmail is cool. It's got a lot of cool features, but what MixMax will allow you to do is uh, one of the greatest things that both Paco and I love about MixMax is it's got really great open uh, tracking. So anytime someone opens an email, you can see who they are, when they open it. What I really like is when I have like a group of people that I'm sending an email to it'll tell you each person when each person opens it. So, you know, okay, you wait for the everyone in the group to have opened it before you then, you know, follow up or, you know, do something else. Um, And that's the cool thing. You can see, you know, how many times people have opened it. So if they open it a bunch of times, you know, maybe they're thinking or maybe something wasn't clear and they're trying to get clarity. So maybe you can follow up if they open it just once and then haven't opened it again for a week then uh, maybe they forgot about it. So that's just you know, cool insights that you can get into the behavior of the people that you're sending an email to to better um, you know, have intelligence around how you're going to follow up with them.
1: Yeah, it, it works really well too because if let's say, for example, you're sending an email with a proposal or just an offer like we talked about earlier and you see one of your members' existing clients that are opening it up 15 times in the last 30 to 45 minutes, maybe you want to give them a call. Maybe they might be of yeah. interest. So right. that gives you an insight to say, hey, just reaching out. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, you got uncanny timing. I was just a, a looking at your email. Oh, you don't say. I actually did that to a customer once <laughs> and ended up just rolling through whatever add-on we had. Nice. Yeah. And
0: I would not mention that you were watching them open the email because <laughs> that, yeah, no. that might freak them out. So yep. Just, yeah, just use it to, um, you know, then follow up and say, hey, I just felt like calling you. Other things you can do with MixMax include uh, email templates. So, you, and if there's some kind of email you send multiple times, you can uh, put it into a template. I know for my web design business, I have um, different points in the build process where I check in and get approvals. So, you know, once we're done with the content gathering phase, once we're done with the design phase, once we're done with the development phase, at the end of each of those phases, I like to get uh, Uh, approval from the client saying, okay, we're ready to move on to the next phase. And so each of those phases, I have a template email in Mixmax that I just click a button, send it off, uh, and then uh, it's, you know, it's really easy and then it takes me two seconds and then I can move on and continue on with what I'm doing. Um, And then you can also create automatic reminders uh, for yourself and for your customers so you can remind yourself to follow up on emails. If someone, you know, sent a re- response, but you just didn't have time to, to think about it, but you're like me and you like to have a clean inbox, you can defer that email and have it come back to you at a later time. So you could remember to follow up, um, lots of integrations with different CRMs like Salesforce and pipe drive, um, rules and workflow automation. So you can, you know, uh, that's something I haven't dug into too much in Mixmax, but it works kind of like, uh, you know, in MailChimp or something where, you know, if someone opens an email, then you can automatically have it send a follow-up email. Uh, Or if they click a link, it could automatically send them a different email. uh, So you can have those intelligent workflows uh, that you can build in. And then uh, on top of that, something I talked about last time is there's lots of cool just enhancements within the email where you can insert polls, you can insert quizzes, um, you know, uh, interactive graphics, uh, lots of stuff um, that you can put in your mail to make it more of a rich experience for your customers. So that's all available. Uh, just head on over to MixMax.com and uh, find out why MixMax will be a game changer for your business. All right. So let's jump into the feature topic for today, and that is uh, marketing fails. So, um, where, uh, Paco and I have, uh, not been so hot with marketing, uh, and, uh, maybe some lessons we've learned from that. So I'll get things kicked off. Um, one of the things early on when I was first starting my computer consulting business was, you know, I heard lots of good things. You got to get out there and network. You got to, you know, meet people and, and get your name out there. And so, um, I went on meetup.com and I looked for like, um, small bit, local, small business networking groups. Um, and I ended up going to a couple of them uh, and what, uh, and it kind of left a sour taste in my mouth because uh, when you're, especially when you're looking for groups and, and it's called a networking group, a lot of times all that ends up being is a pitch fest and people go there and they're just trying to pitch you their services. And it's real. And people really like have an agenda and, uh, and all of that stuff. So it's kind of, um, it's kind of awkward and it's, uh, it's not a good experience. So, um, you know, there, there are certain groups like chamber of commerce, uh, or BNI that are kind of established groups that have a system for, uh, for referring, uh, business to each other. So like BNI, for example, you, you have to, you, you, you're all business owners in different fields and then you help each other by referring customers to each other. So you're not trying to pitch your services to other people in the group. Instead you're, you're referring clients to other people in the group, which is a lot better. Um, there's also uh, you know, chamber of commerce, which uh, you know, has more organization around it. Um, uh, again, it, it differs from place to place. So you have to kind of uh, do, do due diligence and, 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 be expected to to maybe not have it work out the first time, but just kind of give it some some time. So what I've found has worked better than just going to general small business networking groups uh, that I find on Meetup is to number one go to go to groups that are of other people in your same profession. So for you guys, it would be you know IT services or um, you know computer repair people or whatever. Find a group of of those type of people that meet. Um, because that's a great way to you know, trade war stories, um maybe refer clients back and forth to each other, find people who are who are niche experts in certain types of services that you can refer your customers to, and then have people refer customers to you if you're um you know, have a certain niche that you're doing well in as well. Um so you know, just just don't go joining um, random small business networks and that that's kind of the mistake I made is i I went to these business networking groups. I didn't get anything out of it. People were just trying to pitch me their thing and, and they didn't want to have a conversation. And that's definitely the wrong way to network. So that's kind of my first marketing fail is going to those business networking groups that aren't really, um, you know, that that don't have any kind of structure around them. And it's just a bunch of people trying to sell you their, their own services. A lot of like um, what are those, the multi-level marketing you know, quasi pyramid scheme people who, who are, you know, those, those, those folks are always very desperate to get people, you know, under them so that they can start making more money by having recruiting people under them. And that's, you could smell those people from a mile away and it's always really awkward and, uh, and no fun. So.
1: Yep. Insurance, health, Skincare, care, uh, yes. so forth and so on. But,
0: yep, 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 yep. <laughs> All right, Paco, what's your uh, first marketing fail?
1: Uh, that would have to be my fiasco with yellow pages and specifically mm. the print media. Um, mm-hmm. This is a twofold, and I've told this story before. Um, when I first started um, Prodigy Techs, we were a computer repair company doing B2C, so residential clients in specific. What happened was, is we signed a con. So when I was working for a national um, IT provider um, who went to residents' homes, a lot of the business was happening in the Northwest suburbs of Chicago. And that's where a lot of the money was at. And I'd say I was working for them for about two and a half years, maybe 95 to 100 homes. All of them had said they found the company in the book. And when they say the book, they're referencing the yellow book. So Mm -hmm. I would look at the ads, I would see kind of how it is. And I thought it was a no brainer for me to put an ad out in the yellow pages. So when I started my business, signed this contract, um, which was part of AT&T, it just got to a point where I thought that I was, you know, bang up job, 700 bucks a month, and I was taking care of the print side and the digital side. So they were actually running my Google AdWords, um, all the paper clicks, things like that, and just go gangbusters. So what ended up happening was a couple of things. One, our website slash presence didn't really explain that we went out to these clients' homes. The second issue that we ran into was when they would call the number, or pull up the website, they would see that we're from downtown Chicago and where we were advertising is about 20, 30, maybe 45 minutes away. So Mm -hmm. to them, they were thinking, well, we're not going to call this company because a, are they even going to come out here? But two, we want somebody local, meaning that is right around the corner, 10 minutes away, things like that. Um, because we, I mean, we went out, we got the whole ad and I'll even, uh, Take a picture of it and post it in the computer business marketing group on the same size as my com- my previous um company I worked with, full color, the whole shebang, and we just got no calls. We got no nothing really worked on the print side um that we were hoping for in that area. So that was something that was a big uh, eye opener to one include tracking. that was what introduced us in tracking. To figure out what our demographics were, and who to advertise to, and then really niche down and figure out who we want as customers. Now, on the flip side of that, the other issue why I hate Yellow Pages, um, which is I forgot what they call what they're called now, but it used to be called Dex Media before, is the contract that I signed. Um, it was a very good salesperson. Basically, said that we had X amount of entry points. That would consider an action and that they guaranteed x amount of actions so i and he said phone call email and website well what he didn't explain and when he gave me the revised contract for me to sign not the one that i had sent back and i tried looking through my old records couldn't find the original contract that he sent me for when i asked him for a correction phone phone calls were five actions emails were three website clicks were one So in reality, they were meeting these guaranteed actions where I thought it was a phone email and one is an interaction, a one-to-one. So that was a learning opportunity for me to understand that, read the contract before you sign it. So that was on the other side of my fail on spending all that money with Yellow Pages and not really understanding what I was getting almost six years ago.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's an easy one to jump into. Cause that's something we're all familiar with, right. From our childhood and stuff, we've always got the yellow pages delivered and that's, you know, where we, where we used to go to, <laughs> to find a business was the yellow pages. And so it's like, it's an easy thing to go to, especially when you're just starting out. Um, but it's just like any other platform these days. Um, you know, it has the, the fine print and it has certain, you know, things that it does. And then of course the messaging and the the, the ad copy you use and where it's going to be targeted is still just as important, even more important now than before. And, you know, print ads are, it's tough. Um, it, you know, I, I still hear about print ads doing well um, but it's usually in kind of niche situations. Like, uh, you know, if you're targeting um, a certain demographic like maybe um, you know, the elderly and then you get in a, in a, in printed in a paper that gets delivered to the old folks home or to, you know, um, those neighborhoods, then, you know, it can do well because, you know, there might not be a lot of computer business, uh, businesses advertising, but it's something they need. And it's something they spend all day doing is just, you know, reading (laughs) newspapers and, uh, and stuff like that. So that's a good one. But if you're just going to get an ad in you know, your, your city's, uh, newspaper, uh, in the, in the back or in the classifieds or something, that's probably not going to do much for you these days. So, um, yep. So that's a good one. Uh, let's see. So my next one is around SEO. So, um, you really got to be careful with SEO services, especially when they seem too good to be true. Um, when they seem very affordable, um, I can tell you from experience that, um, nothing in SEO is, is <laughs> affordable. <laughs> I don't mean it like that, but like, you know, it's it, good. SEO takes time, takes thoughtfulness. Um, takes effort and takes know-how um, and something I did uh, when I first started m- my computer business and I first quit my job um, and you know it, it takes a while to ramp up a business and so um, once c- cash flow starts getting tight uh, you, you look for ways to make money so one of the ways I was looking to make money was to just create um, little mini websites targeted at certain keywords that people search for and then tie that back into like Amazon affiliate or Um, you know, an affiliate program for a certain product. So for example, one of them I had was around uh, Bluetooth earbuds. So I would target the website specifically for people who typed into Google Bluetooth earbuds. And then I'd try to get, you know, do SEO to get that website to the top. Then when someone lands on that website, it's, you know, a bunch of reviews and articles about different types of, uh, uh, you know, Bluetooth earbuds. And then when they click on it to buy it, it just sends them off to Amazon. And then I get an affiliate commission. So you know, I thought that would be a way to to make some some easy quick money, and and it, it started to do well. Um, but you know, I you know I was getting I was like on the bottom of the first page of Google for Bluetooth earbuds, and I wanted to get higher. Um, and so I went to you know was looking around, and I went to Fiverr, and there were some some uh, some uh, deals on Fiverr where you know they can send thousands of backlinks to your website for five bucks. And, uh, you know, these are good websites and they're, and, and it'll look natural and Google will love it. And so I ordered a couple of those and, uh, it only took a couple of weeks for my website to totally disappear from Google. And, uh, I got the ban hammer from Google <laughs> because, um, they noticed that, uh, uh, surprise, surprise, I was getting unnatural links fr- uh, to my website. And so, uh, the whole backlinks thing, you know, you know that backlinks are good, and that Google looks at backlinks to your website. Links pointing to your website is a good thing, and it uses that as a ranking factor. And in general, more webs, the more links you have, the better your website will look in the eyes of Google. The one thing that uh, that you need to realize about that, though, is Google has a lot of uh, triggers in place in its algorithm to detect if those links you're getting are are natural links that are occurring because people like what you're doing and they're linking to it or they're talking about it. So they're linking to it um, rather than you're paying to just get a bunch of links. So there's something called link velocity, which means the um, the, the frequency of new links that start pointing to your website. And if your link velocity changes dramatically um, that's going to raise a red flag flag with Google and they're going to check that out. Um, and that's kind of what happened with this is, you know, I was getting backlinks dripping to my site, you know, over time, just slowly. And then all of a sudden I'm getting thousands of backlinks pointed to my website within like a week. That is, you know, that's unnatural. There's really nothing that could happen short of going viral that would cause that kind of link velocity. So, um, so question for you.
1: So when they gave you the banhammer, hammer, um, were you, so was this, I assume when this is when you were doing the computer repair? Or uh, Okay. So when they banhammered you, were you doing all this under your business's email address slash Google AdWords or did you create a new one? So uh,
0: I did uh, create a new, I created a new Google account for for each of these, each website actually, because that way I could have, you know, like a separate Google My Business page and a separate uh, Google, uh, you know, whatever. And, and part of the reason also was, yeah, if, if one account gets banned, then they don't all get banned.
1: Um, so that, that's kind of why was, my question was, cause yep. I was going to say that, you know, for those that, you know, didn't know they were doing something wrong and they do get the ban hammer, how do they get out of jail with Google? Um, had it been like their main business? And again, it's a learning experience for them and they realize they made a bad mistake. Yep. So that's why I was asking as far as if it was under Computer business or the computer repair company's email. How do you get out of that? Because that's like your main domain. So how yep. do you do? You know? So yeah,
0: and and you you can get out of it. You can um, go into uh, Webmaster Tools, the Google Webmaster Tools, and you can disavow links that are pointing to your site, saying that's not a link that I that I want you guys to consider. That's not a link that I want. And so um, you can start removing those links and disavowing those links, and eventually, um, you know, you'll if you're banned, you'll get brought back in if you just disavow all those links. Um, But you'll still probably be ranked a lot lower than you were before. And then you just have to work at, you know, doing the natural SEO that, that you should be doing and it'll eventually, you should eventually get back up to where you were before. Gotcha. So no shortcuts in SEO. That's, that was a big lesson there.
1: So that actually brings me to something you triggered when you had said that is, so I was doing when, you know, Web 2.0 and social media was the big thing. Um, the big thing back then was Facebook likes. And the more mm. likes you got, the higher you would appear in certain results when, you know with your page and things like that. So my, my marketing guy at the time, he thought it was a great idea to go on Fiverr and buy Facebook likes. So what we ended up doing was buying like 5,000 Facebook likes or something like that. But what he failed to realize was these Facebook likes, it didn't say specifically in the US and it didn't say in a specific state. So you had everyone from Thailand, Russia, Croatia, Ukraine, mm. um, liking my page. And what was ended up happening is Facebook created that algorithm change and my posts weren't being seen by any of the people who genuinely liked it. Right. Because apparently those who had liked it Overpowered that, and they are seeing those ads and they're not engaging with the content. So now my content's going lower, so it's not viewed by others that may have been interested in my content in the first place. So it took a long time for me to remove those likes. Um, I actually went back on Fiverr to find a service that removed illegitimate oh, uh, Facebook likes yeah. um, because there was a service that did it, but it they didn't do it on the scale that i needed for and i needed close to almost you know 5000 people to go so we drastically mm. dropped from five i think it was like 6000 likes all the way down to like 450 which was around mm. the uh amount that we had but we now started seeing the engagement we started seeing us going moving forward then reviews started getting introduced so that helped us slowly get back up but again we were still kind of um feeling that hit because of those likes that came in afterwards
0: yeah it's really uh, all of this stuff is about quality over quantity and you, you don't need big numbers in any of this stuff to to get good results you just need the right numbers the right types of people um and it, just as long as it's the you know the right types of people in your local community that need your services even if it's only a few hundred that that's all you need to have a good Sustain business and, and get the get the, the ads and the info you want in front of in front of the right people. Like I've noticed that um, on Facebook pages now, they really don't highlight the number of likes you you hand. It wasn't really a good indicator of anything other than you know you could pay for likes or get a bunch of people to like your page. So now, like when you go to a page, you have to really hunt around for how many people are liking it. Uh, so that's interesting. So let's see. My next one is, um, uh, related to Facebook. So this is about Facebook ads. Um, and, uh, you know, when I first got it started, got started experimenting with Facebook ads, um, I, I would just, you know, just say, Hey, let me run an ad for this service to see if people will buy this service or let me boost a post to, to see what happens. And, um, and, you know, you, you, you run out of money really quickly when you do that. And, uh, and I found that, um, and then you don't really get as much results or you don't get the kind of results you're looking for. Um, and as I've learned more about marketing and I've, I've done more with Facebook ads and and had guests on this show that, that we've talked to, um, I've really come to find that you really, you need a, a strategy. You need to kind of plan, roadmap it out to begin with. You you need to have a long term strategy. So you might need to run a few ads to do you know to to build up awareness, um, a few ads to to send traffic to your site, then some more ads to retarget the people that you sent to your site, Um, and you know all and it takes time to kind of hone in on the messaging and and all of that stuff. So you really need to be ready to burn um, a good chunk of money to to learn and to optimize, and then uh, and then have a plan. So, you know, I'm going to run this ad to, to build awareness. I'm going to run this ad to get traffic to my site. I'm going to run this ad to remind people who've been on my site to, to purchase certain services. I'm going to run an ad to, you know, target my existing clients about new services or whatever um, and, and have those plans of action, have a realistic um, uh, goal or, or end result that, uh, that's going to be um, at the end of that. And then, you know, keep in mind that um like you you talked about with um, you know what you were doing uh, with um, the Facebook likes and how people from all over the world that you were never gonna do business with were liking your page, the same with thing with Facebook ads, you know, really understand how to um, target the the right market. And there's certain ways you can target like people who have who have who say they're from where you are. Um, but they could actually be living halfway across the world or they can be people who are using, um, uh, uh, call uh, whatchamacallit. Um, I can't think of the name right now, but to, ch- you know, make their IP address look like they're in someplace else. Oh, using a proxy proxy. That's I, I don't know why I can think of that word. People using a proxy. So you can get lots of people like that if you, if you target a location, but there's also a way to target people who actually are where this is, you know, the Facebook location felt, um, Uh, whatever, um, uh, function to actually target people who actually physically are in your area. And that's a better thing to, to use, to target your ads and all of this stuff. You you just need to do your homework, take some Facebook ad courses, or just, you know, spend some time really getting to know Facebook ads or hire a professional to do it. If it's, you know, something you don't have time, but just doing Facebook ads willy nilly, um, and, and trying to do it yourself quickly is a recipe for disaster and something I, I lost a lot of money on early on.
1: Yep, kind of gearing off of Facebook ads um, are the infamous Yelp ads. So everyone knows that I've gone on yes. record to say Yelp is the mafia, and they are <laughs> a uh, interesting bunch. So the reason why it's an interesting concept, and I and I knew what I was getting myself into. I, I I've heard the horror stories. I had my buddy who was on it, um, you know, and it's the way that they do things that makes it interesting for the value of what they offer to your potential clients. So the first thing is, you know, paying a minimum of 50 bucks to rearrange your photos on Yelp. It's insane to me. The the, The second part was the deal of, all right, you'll get on our ads, it's 200 bucks a month, and you'll be able to get advertised in front of potential clients searching for your term. And I was like, okay, sounds great. But what they don't tell yeah. you is two things. One, you got to pay $300 to be the only client to that they advertise to meaning that although you're on other people's profiles, on your own profile they're going to do the same to you even though you're paying them. <laughs> now, if you pay an extra $300, right. they won't do that to you. The other portion of what they do is um They will go ahead and combine the analytics to the organic reach and the paid reach. There's no way to separate those two from when I enrolled. And when I asked about this, they said, No, this is what your ads are clicking for. Okay, yeah, that's fine and dandy. How many were paid and how much am I paying? Because you have this convoluted amount of clicks that you're justifying on what I'm paying you per month. Whereas with Google, with Facebook, you can find out how much you're paying per click. So that information not being transparent along with combining organic and paid reach was a problem for me because my organic reach was very high and the paid was almost at the same level. So essentially, I'm paying for my own organic growth is what I saw from all those results. So after three months, I broke the contract and basically told them they can go with what they can go with on that that's the nicest way I can say <laughs> um but yeah it's just you know these th- their advertising platform for us did not work as it should now your mileage may vary you know as a computer repair shop I know a buddy of mine um in the more rural uh, areas of Chicago and he's been a Yelp member for years and he says it brings them a lot of you know footsteps um, traffic to the door um, just for me, it didn't work out and, you know, and it could be a bunch of things. It could be messaging, it could be that, but it's on the platforms provider to help you grow with their platform. And unfortunately with all these horror stories and so forth and so on, just continues to, uh, it just continues to trend. Um, at least for me, from what I've heard. Yeah.
0: So, um, you know, definitely, uh, yeah. And, and I think that's a, a kind of, a. um, a theme that goes through all of this is that your mileage may vary. Some of these things might work for you, but, um, you know, take what we've said and, and, you know, apply it to, um, when you, when you do these things, at least, you know, do your due diligence, do some planning around it. Um, ask around, see how other people in your area or other people, you know, have have tried it, have have had success. And, you know, a, a couple of mine really were around like, just being desperate to to try to to get drum up some business, um, and usually the more desperate you are, the more the less likely your marketing is to succeed because you're just you're just trying things quickly without thinking about it and without you know spending the time to do it right. Um, so
1: yep, you know, pay your dues up front or you're gonna pay double later.
0: There you go. So let's keep listening to the show. <laughs> and uh, if you if you just started listening to the show, go back to listen to the past episodes. Lots of golden nuggets. Um, Hopefully, if you've been listening to the show and taking, you know, the advice of our guests to heart, then you aren't making as many mistakes as we did in the past. All righty. So that was fun. Uh, That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Um, Our second sponsor is Tech Blog Builder. So as you guys know, that's the blog writing service for your IT business. Uh, At Tech Blog Builder, we craft content that is purpose-built to convert website visitors into customers. We have 100% unique content. It's search engine optimized. It's professionally written, and it's written in the voice of your business uh, on a consistent schedule. So we just keep cranking them out for you month after month, and you can rest assured that you're going to have fresh, engaging blog posts um, that that you can then share in your newsletter, have on your website, uh, share on social media. Um, and, uh, and we're having a lot of fun with that. We've written some blog posts here recently about Black Friday and about the holidays and stuff for people so you can have those timely blog posts um, and you don't have to worry about f- thinking about what, it, what to write or um, you know uh, that, that kind of thing. So Tech Blog Builder, um, definitely sign up now if you're thinking about it because we're getting ready to release um, a, a couple new services with Tech Blog Builder. So we'll have some different pricing tiers. The pricing is only going to go up. So definitely jump in now while the price is where it is now before it starts going up. Um, and then you'll be able to keep your price but take advantage of the new services we're going to be rolling out. So that'll, that's just a little inside tip. Uh, so check that out at techblogbuilder.com. Uh, Let's keep the conversation going. Head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com. Let us know what you think in the comments under the show notes. Uh, We love to hear from you guys. Uh, And don't forget to join us in the Facebook group. Just search for Computer Business Marketing in Facebook or go to techsitebuilder.com slash group and then request access to the group by answering two easy questions. Can't wait to see you there.
1: If you listen to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, be sure to give us a shout out or leave a review. We love to hear your feedback and every comment helps so that a podcast can be found by others.
0: And finally, don't forget to check out our sponsors uh, that today. That's Mixmax and Tech Blog Builder. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. My name is Matthew Rodella.
1: And this is Paco
0: LeBron. Saying here's to your success.